you have the power to change the way that you think. I always try to reframe things in my mind that is in an uplifting, inspiring way. That way I take steps forward. And when I take a step forward, I change the universe that I'm in. Welcome to Stand Out, Get Noticed, the podcast that helps you speak and present with rockstar confidence. I'm Christina Cantors, your host and founder of The C Method Communication Skills Training. For free resources and to subscribe to the show, visit thecmethod.com. Hello there, Rockstar, and welcome back to Stand Out, Get Noticed. Christina with you here for episode 168. I am recording to you from my Airbnb in Seville in southern southern Spain, which is and it's beautiful and warm here. Um, I'm on the tail end of my six-week Europe trip, and I'll be back home in a week or so, which I'm actually quite excited about. I am excited about going home, even though it's very cold in Melbourne at the moment but loving Spain and hoping the locals don't mind me butcher their language because I'm really not very good at Spanish. Anyway, this week on the show, I'm very, very excited to be introducing you to Graham Speak. Now, Graham and I met at the AIC conference, the Australian Institute of Conveyancer conference that we were both speaking at uh, last month. Now, I was absolutely taken by Graham's enthusiasm, his zest for life, and his desire to share his entrepreneurial wisdom. He's had over 20 years' experience in the entrepreneurial space, and he's gone through many ups and downs with his company and companies, um, including surviving the GFC and being right on the edge of completely losing the company um, before getting funding. So a lot of lessons he's learnt and I was so excited to speak to him about uh, what he's learned and stories about what he's gone through in terms of um, his perseverance, what he's learned about tenacity and also surrounding yourself with great people in order to keep yourself going. So I really enjoyed this chat with Graham and it's always great to learn from someone who's had so much experience um, as an entrepreneur and also someone who travels a lot to speak and to pitch his business um, for funding. So it's, it's a constant journey for him, as you're about to find out. Um, he doesn't see himself as being at the end. He's still going, and he just has so many wonderful things to share. To learn more about Graham and Bank Vault, you can go to bankvault.com, or I will link up to um, his contact details and also uh, a great commencement speech he gave at the University of Western Australia. I'll link them up in the show notes at thecmethod.com slash bankvault. Okay, I have a shout out this week and it's for listener Jeff. And this was one of the listener emails I received this week. He wrote to me, I love your podcast as it's been helping me deal with a new boss. Learning new ways of doing things is like drinking from a fire hose, but your guidance has been life-changing. And yes, I've been sharing your podcast with my adult children, 27 and 24 years, who also enjoy learning via your podcasts. I've listened to 115 three times because it helps me understand what my new boss is doing. He's a classic narcissist. Thanks, Christina. By the way, I like Lizay's contributions too. She sounds exactly like you. Uh, keep it up, rock star. Thank you so much, Jeff. I really appreciate you writing in and so glad to hear that the podcast has been helping you. 
Um, for those of you who have not listened or are unfamiliar with episode 115, that is the episode um, I did with Julian Tatton, and it's all about influence. And that will be at thecmethod.com slash Julian. And I do have one quick announcement about the podcasting course that I'll be running with my partner, Aaron Heath, as part of our other business, Podcast Services Australia. Now, it is coming up in August. It's a live podcasting course um, in Melbourne. Now, I've, I've mentioned the live course before, but today I just wanted to share that I've received a few emails from people who aren't in Melbourne but want to learn podcasting and they've been inquiring about the on, about an online course option. So Aaron and I are talking about this and we are keen to run an online podcast training course. So if you aren't in Melbourne or if you can't make the Melbourne one and you still want to learn how to create, run, um, and broadcast your very own podcast that's sustainable and engaging, then do email me because the more interest we get from you guys, um, the more of these we'll be able to run. So at the moment, we're gauging interest and it's looking like it will go ahead. So if you're interested, please email me, cc at thecmethod.com. That's cc at thecmethod.com and let me know if you'd be interested in an online podcasting course. Okay, now let's meet the wonderful Graeme Speak. Graeme, it's absolutely wonderful to have you on the show and I'm so glad that we met at the AIC conference. It was a few weeks ago. Um, I know you just flown in literally the night before and had no sleep and were jet lagged and you still managed to deliver your presentation, <laughs> which was excellent. Yeah. I know that in, in the Valley, where I know you spend a lot of time now in Silicon Valley, there are a lot of startups over there, a lot of businesses. Do they still use the term elevator pitch over there? Oh, absolutely. And it really helps. It really helps anybody, you know, regardless of whether you're a tech entrepreneur or you're just trying to sell yourself, um, to just be able to really position yourself in like one or two sentences. And then people mm. know who you are. They've got a handle they can hang on to. They kind of know how to pigeonhole you and they then know how to relate to you and what you're looking for. So in fact, I, just as an aside, I um, was uh, talking to a group of students just this morning and, um, and and that was my suggestion to them. You know, when you're introducing yourself to anyone, if you're looking for a, a job, if you can tell me in like the first two sentences who you are and what you're about, I know how I can help you. It's mm. that simple. So the elevator pitch is really great and there's like a you know a two sentence one and there's a two minute elevator pitch that's a, that's a long one actually. So I think it's very important yeah for us all. And so based off of that what's your two sentence elevator pitch? Oh my god. <laughs> um, this changes <clears throat> I evolve it mm. um, depending on the audience and what I'm doing. So if, uh, if I'm talking about my business and my technology, uh, my name's Graham Speak. Uh, I'm CEO of BankVault. Uh, we're a cybersecurity company that stops your bank account being hacked. And now your cryptocurrency being hacked. Very um, succinct. I like it. Yeah, it's, it's to the point. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know you, um, you've been in the startup world for over 20 years now. I know you started your first company straight out of university. Bank Vault's been going from strength to strength. I, I know, of course, there is a lot more to your journey than that. I know it's been quite a roller coaster for you and so and many lessons learned. And this is what I'd love to speak to you about today. Yeah. 
Did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur from a young age? Um, actually, I wanted to be an astronaut. I still think I might <laughs> get to the stars. Oh, look, I've always had ambitions and uh, I realised the best way to get to my ambitions was to be a millionaire. You know, how do you do that? Honestly, the first million is the hardest million <laughs> in some respects. I'm a man with a lot of potential, uh, maybe not have realised yet, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very close now. It's actually not about the result at the end. It ends up being about the journey. And so what I've found is being an entrepreneur, I mean, I, you know, I just wanted to get a job. I wanted to be safe. But the fear of missing out on an opportunity is what's been driving me for years. And you get an idea in your head about something you could invent and then you can't get it out of your head and eventually you give it a go. So in some respects, I think entrepreneurship has been in my DNA and in my life, uh, in my mind since I was a kid. But anybody can do this. Um, and it's not necessarily the path for everybody. We all stretch, uh, you know, strive to become bigger than we are, you know, more successful in whatever our search is, whether it's a sporting goal or a financial goal or a family goal. Um, and to get there, I think it's really important to just simply step outside the comfort zone every single day. If you step outside a little bit, put your toe in the water, you discover things that you could never have dreamed of. And that always comes from other people. So one of the things that I've found is you know, my success, I've realized the reality is there's nothing special about me. It's all come from other people helping me. Mm. Can you give me an example of someone early on in your, in your journey that has helped you significantly or that's led to other things that became really significant? Look, I think one of the things that pushed me outside you know, the door and made me jump was um, I have a friend, um, his, his friend has cerebral palsy, very good friend of mine, and his father was always very, very cautious about him and was looking after his son. I remember just visiting them one day and I was talking about my ambitions and his father, his name was John Georgeson, had his own uh, business. It was a small business. He worked very hard. And I was telling him about my, my ideas about what I could possibly do. And he simply said to me, because I, I had the most stable job, it was a government job it was, I, was, I was a contractor i was doing quite well he said well graham you know do you want to get to the end of your life i wonder could that idea have ever been a success and i thought my god yeah i've got to find out and when i realized that i had to jump and uh, i wrote out i drafted my resignation letter that light that night and as i started drafting it i couldn't finish it quickly enough and it was done, and, and I jumped. Mm. Yeah, and I've never looked back. Um, I do more living, I think, in you know one week than I would have done in one year in that stable, secure job, because every yeah. day I'm challenged. Every day it's up to me to stretch myself, to talk to somebody that I'm a little bit scared of, or a bit intimidated by. You know, um, you know, getting up and on stage and talking at a conference, I would never have dreamed that I would be doing that, and yet now I do it. And actually, it's a lot of fun. You, you simply develop the skills if you do it consistently every single day. You just grow. Because that one little hard thing becomes not so hard. Yeah. And you have the confidence to go on to the next thing. <laughs> and it's important to have small successes. You know, that's why we nurture children. You know, you want to encourage children to take the next step, you know, to not, not give up because of fear. Um, it's important uh, yeah, even as adults, that we, we have small steps, that we do get a success. 
and success can supercharge you to go to the next step. You get a knockback mm. and look, the world is full of knockbacks. That's the other hard thing is I find is to pick yourself up and dust yourself off and, and just keep going. I had a funny thing happen to me just a year ago. We, we thought we'd been inventing something very unique. Uh, this is what we now call Bank Vault. And it was. It was an idea from conception to building the technology to then actually selling it and commercialising it. And then out of nowhere, Semantic bought a company identical to us for a quarter of a billion dollars. So we're struggling to make a living. Mm. The company suddenly bought for a quarter of a billion dollars. And I thought, oh, my God, we've been beaten to the, to the thing. I mean, I was almost in tears. It was the end of everything, I thought. And then three hours later, I realised, my God, no. And I could look at it this a different way. Um, actually, somebody has validated exactly what we're doing. The market is big. There's a world of opportunities out there. And I can actually now use that as a reference point to say what our potential valuation is. Completely inverted it, and I was supercharged the next day. So mm. it's funny. It's, and it's, uh, look, for my, you know, what I would say is it is all how you think about it. And you have the power to change the way that you think. So I always try to reframe things in my mind that is in an uplifting, inspiring way. That way I take steps forward. And when I take a step forward, I change the universe that I'm in. I love that. Did you learn that over time or is that something you've always had? Uh, I just think about it. uh, I just made that up then, but it's right. (laughs) It's so right. You just get up and you keep going. You know, that's how you, know, you, you can take the lessons that you've learned into the future. That's how we grow. Mm. Yeah, that's evolution. You know, you don't find a, 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 a 70-year-old man or woman being the same person they were at 16. They go through life. They have to evolve to overcome struggles. If there was no struggles, they wouldn't change. They'd still be the same they were when they were 16. So life is going to throw struggles up and I think it's embracing that as an opportunity, realising this is your chance to grow, to learn new skills. This is the Mm. problem there on the board to to, to be overcome. Can you share a story of one of the – I know, um, well, apart from the – the time where the other that other company was was bought for a quarter of a yeah. billion. Yeah. What was another major struggle during your course of entrepreneurship that you overcame? God, it seems like there's a struggle every week. Honestly, <clears throat> um, they're, they're all relative. <laughs> I mean, there was another uh, story I could tell you. So we were developing some technology that was really cool. We were finding it hard to sell because it was such a long sales cycle, but we. You know, so I think it was um, when I first moved to Silicon Valley about 10 years ago, we were defining what was going to become cloud computing. So we're one of the cloud computing pioneers, which is very cool. We were taking, we we're just about to take another investment round um, when I flew back to Australia to meet with the investors and Lehman Brothers went broke. So we were running out of money. We had the money lined up. And Lehman Brothers went broke, and that was the start of the global financial crisis. So we didn't Mm. raise any money. We had no money when we absolutely needed it. And 
look, we decided to, you know, trim right back. So at the core, my team is just a small, you know, handful of, of tech, tech guys. Well, we do that really well. Let's just, just eke a living out here. We can just keep developing. We took on a project that we thought would take about eight weeks. That project just went on for an eternity. Every eight weeks, it would be another eight weeks out. And after about two and a half years of this, honestly, everyone becomes so resigned. You know, you feel like you're digging your grave and you're getting deeper and deeper and there's no way out. You know, you've just got to keep going. And then, I don't know, change of conversation, another light went on. We thought of a slightly, we thought of a shortcut basically. And we, we broke through. And that was just so exhilarating to have done the journey. And it was only tenacity that, that got us there. Just, there was no other choice. There was nothing else on our mind. You just keep going. And it was so hard. <laughs> you had no plan B. <laughs> there was no plan. And that's, look, that is something that I've done all my life. There's a real secret in there. And like, I'm not saying that anybody should do this, but when you have no other options, my God, you become resourceful. <laughs> my partner has an amazing story too. Uh, you know, she was from the Czech Republic, started off, you know, basically very poor with, you know, very little future. And she's gone right through, speaks like five, six languages now, traveled the world. She's uh, uh, got a PhD and she lectures and teaches in statistics. And she's an amazing person. Everybody that didn't leave her little village is still there. Her sister herself, one of her friends, were the only people that left. And they've all done really, really well. So her formula for success is you have to take a risk. Nothing happens mm. if you take a risk. Now, I, I admire her so much. Yeah, for sure. That's massive, especially when you've got a whole community around you who aren't in that mindset and who don't believe in what you do. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's um, that's something that I've had to do, like surround myself with good people who understand what I'm, you know, looking to achieve. That's, that's dead right. And, and there's something else I've noticed here too. Um, if I ensure that I only have great people that are uplifting me and believe in me, and it takes time to actually get those people around you. What it means is that when you have a down day, and we all do, those people have expectations on you. They expect you to be this particular type of person charging for the stars and they lift you back up again. It's fantastic. So the power of having a supportive friends, family, colleagues is so valuable because we all go through these emotional ups and downs every day. Mm. Those people know you to be a certain way. They're going to hold you to be that particular way. But you start that. That actually comes from you to begin with by being tenacious, by having a vision and by convincing the people around you that this is who you are and this is what you're doing. Do you, do you have daily practices where you ground yourself and set yourself up for success, like a, a daily routine or yeah, those, I, those habits? I, I, do, I don't think of it like this, but I like to have a, a in my shower in the morning when I shower is my meditation. And it's not like a spooky, weird meditation. It's just I rehearse what the day is going to be, what I'm going to say, what I'm going to achieve. And when I get that, I step out of the shower, I've, I've kind of already done it in my mind and I'm really enthusiastic to get into it. And so long as I don't get an interruption, 
I normally do really, really <laughs> well. <laughs> then you get interrupted, of course, back into reality. But yeah, you do it again the following morning. And so holding these, yeah, for me, that, that, that's my formula, I guess. That's how I ground myself. And when mm-hmm. I travel, and I travel a lot, I actually try to keep my time zone the same. So I stay in my local time, you know, my, my Australian time zone so I can keep relating with my team. And I listen to the news. So I pretend when I'm in bed, I'm just back at home. And then I wake up in the morning, it's like, bang, new adventure. It's like hopping into a time machine. It's a different time of the day and I'm in another part of the world and meeting these amazingly interesting people. So, so do, you, do you wake and sleep according to your Australian team time zone? I, I, yeah, I don't keep it completely in sync. So my routine when I travel is I will, like in Silicon Valley, San Francisco, I'll wake up at about 8 o'clock in the morning, I'll potter around, do my own local things, and I'll go and you know do my local Silicon Valley business from about 10 o'clock until about 6 o'clock at night. 6 o'clock at night is 9 o'clock in the morning in Perth. So I just you know, close the curtains, I pretend I'm working from home, I'm on, you know, I'm on video or whatever, just dealing with people normally. And I just pretend I'm just working from home today, completely oblivious to the fact that it might be 2 a.m. in the morning outside my front door. In my mind, it's like <laughs> 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> so I go to bed at 4 wow, a.m. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able to do that. <laughs> you end up squeezing two days into one and you still get to sleep as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, it's kind of the, uh, the opposite here. I'm, we're in Rome and we're doing phone calls at – it's not too crazy. It's it's eight in the morning, just as it's eight in the morning when we started chatting now, yeah. and that's four p.m. Melbourne time. So we've we've been we've been quite lazy, and we're only having one meeting a day. <laughs> we're up, we're saying it's four p.m. or it's not or it's nothing. Another thing is I tend not to look at the clock. So I know a lot of people have a family background and history of work experience where you, you, you work eight o'clock to five o'clock or, or whatever it is. And you meant to do eight hours a day. And I simply, I, I throw that out. I just, you know, I'm, I'm living my life. The last thing I do is look at the clock. If I'm, if I'm on a, if I'm on a streak, I just keep rolling with it because it's, that's the time to make hay. And um, so I find I can work re- really, really long hours, but it's not work. This is what I'm doing. I mean, I'm in here today. I'm writing stuff. I'll be here all day today. and It's a Saturday in the office. But I've got a really important document that I have to finish because I'm pitching this on Monday morning and I'm trying to raise another million dollars. And if I get it mm-hmm. right, I will. Like, it's that valuable. So who cares what time it is? So I work really hard. But, you know, some of the people that I see work, uh, some, some women just amaze me at how they can raise a family, have a career, you know, look after the home, and they, yeah, I don't know how these people do it. They are people I admire. I mean, I met a woman last night that has started a business in Sydney, has now got another business in Singapore. She has two children, and she was just saying, yeah, when she was setting up in Singapore, she um, actually homeschooled them from her home while she was setting up a business and running the other office. I mean, just amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> just amazing. I find it's hard enough and I don't even have any kids. <laughs> not yet. Not yet anyway. So, 
you, you get you, you realize that there's people that are always better than you and worse off than you and it doesn't matter where you are in life on that cycle there will still be people you know better than you and worse off than you yeah you got to just stay humble it's very important to stay humble and if there's any formula for success it is just in my experience just keep working at it if it hasn't happened it hasn't happened yet I have a friend who says that most people give up right before the moment they're about to make a breakthrough yeah. and they just don't have that tenacity to keep going and that that stickability. And it's usually the, the people who are successful are the ones that simply outlast. Um, most people just give up right before that, that point but that they make it. There, there is something in there and there's another dimension to this too. I mean, you don't want to just be flogging a dead horse either. So mm. how do you know that you're not flogging a dead horse? Well, you keep adjusting. So tenacity is one thing, but you just don't want to keep doing the same thing again day in and day out. You need to keep finessing it. You need to keep evolving. You need to get sharp. You need to develop more relationships because those other relationships give you new fresh angles. So mm. absolutely, in my, in my mind, um, you know, continuously doing things relentlessly is part of the formula, but you also need to keep developing as a person. Yeah. For sure. That, um, so when you, when you went through the GFC and you were struggling for that, that long stretch of time, mm. when you made that breakthrough, was that a pivot? Actually, that wasn't a – well, actually, no, no. We, we actually got the goal. So a pivot happened a little while later. Right. I'll, I'll give you another okay. mention to this, which is kind of cool. We were running out of money. We'd just been recognised – for what we were doing in Silicon Valley, which was very, very cool. And, yeah, I actually had, I had cut a deal with a large ISP here in Australia and I realised after it was offered the deal, it was a deal I'd negotiated. They were giving it to me. You know, a million dollars of sales and marketing, a million dollars of, you know, of money and, you know, looked everything. But I realised if I took it, ultimately I would lose control, but I'd lose control very quickly and we would just just get churned up at the propellers. So I couldn't take the deal. I had to walk away, but I couldn't afford to walk away. We had no money. We were down to the wire, but I had no choice but to keep going. And I was having conversations with people. And look, long story short, um, I was exhausted. And at the end of the line, <clears throat> I was um, I had would have to shut the business down within a couple of days. Or risk going to jail for trading and solving. I mean, it was really totally the end of the line. It was so sad because we had such great tech and had a guy looking at investing in us. And I rang him and I said, Look, I, I need to do this really, really, really quickly. Um, this guy was doing the due diligence for the investor. I said, Look, could you come in, you know, tomorrow on the weekend? And he said, Oh, no, I can't possibly do that. But I'll come in Monday on the way to the airport. He wasn't going to be there the following week. So he came in and had a fantastic meeting. He loved what we were doing. He completely got it. I said, well, can you tell your boss that it's a, it's a go? He said, yeah, look, he said, look, could I, uh, could I invest myself? And this guy is like the top tech advisor in Western Australia for the last 25 years. And you know, in, our, in our world, he's God and such a nice guy. And I couldn't believe it. And so I said, look, I'll be, you know, if you could put a little bit of money in, that'd be incredible. And he says, well, I can give you like 20 times that tomorrow. Wow. It was yeah, unbelievable. 
And um, I feel like I owe this guy my life. He didn't take advantage of me. He could have, he didn't. He was completely supportive. Um, he doubled up again you know, six, eight months later. And you get people like that in the world. It is, there, it, it, it is a fairy tale story. And I used to lie in bed every night looking at the ceiling and laugh that I was just alive and breathing and, we, and that we weren't extinct. And it was a near-death experience. And it was you know, because of other people that we actually made it through. And out of that, we found another use for our technology instead of you know, trying to reduce the costs of IT for a, for a company. We discovered we could use our IT to stop bank accounts being hacked. And suddenly... It was a thousand times leverage um, on what we were doing with exactly the same technology, simply repositioning it. We were selling it like something that took 10 months to sell. We could now sell in 10 minutes for more money and it would cost wow. us less. So that's an example of an incredible pivot. It was a, you could write a book about it. I used to talk about this sort of stuff <laughs> and then suddenly I, I experienced it and it was exhilarating. And the, <clears throat> we've just, just done another. In a small pivot, we've realized that we can also stop cryptocurrency being hacked. And so going back into the market again to sell it into that new exciting market. So so that's where you're at right now? Right now is what I'm pitching for this week. And I yep. spent the last few weeks trying to get the the pitch really sharp and clear. I, I think we can, we can really do this. I think it's very, very exciting. And yet it's not so funny. We're so vulnerable. I'm, I'm as vulnerable as anybody. How I'm going to feel inside is going to depend on the next conversation. If the guy doesn't like me, doesn't like the market, then I'm going to be feeling like, you know, rubbish inside again. And I've got to then reframe my thinking. I've got to dust myself off. I've then got to go back in again. And, and I'll give you the contrast of this. I had a, a young intern come and work with me this week. And this guy was... Um, he was offered to me, it was just like, yeah, yeah this guy's a yeah, really nice guy and he's looking for an internship in a fintech startup. I thought, oh, I'm not sure we really are a good fit, but look, I'll have an hour with him. And Anyway, this guy was really sharp, really nice guy, on the front foot, clear. So I said, look, yeah, I just invited him to sit in on the, on the lawyer's meeting that we had on how we're going to restructure things. So he spent the afternoon, took notes, gave it to me afterwards, added value. Um, Next, I invite, invited him down to the uh, meeting we had with Ernst & Young, talked through the accounting implications, yeah, which, which country do we do this out of? And he added value there as well. Um, and then when I had to actually rewrite the information memorandum uh, at the beginning of this week, it was like 55 pages I've got to go through and rewrite the whole thing. He was so enthusiastic about it and just really wanted to have a go at it himself. And I thought, ah, oh, look, you know, you're going to, I don't know, he says, no, no, I'm really good at writing. So I let him have it, let him have a go at it. This guy worked from nine o'clock in the morning until midnight. The next day he was back in again, worked right through the day. And at six o'clock on Tuesday, sat down with me. We went through it on the big screen together and spent the next four and a half hours together. This guy was so smart, so articulate, completely got what I was doing. He was so enthusiastic about it, could see the opportunity. And that rubbed off on me. So I felt fantastic. Uh, we're really enjoying work with this man. Working back to like you know, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night was effortless. And this guy is only 21 years of age. Wow. It's amazing. That's impressive. Really impressive. So 
I think where I was going with this is that when you get people around you who see the opportunities, see what you're doing, and they say something positive to encourage you along, doesn't matter who it is, it feels fantastic. And that way you know that you can get out there and do it. And then the next person that talks mm. you down, you know, is a naysayer, just doesn't get it. You've got to realise that they don't represent the world. It's just that one person's view. Go out there and find another person that will encourage you. Love it. Thank you so much, Graham. Thank you for sharing all your stories. It's been so <laughs> great. Thanks again. No worries. All the best for your pitch on Monday. Yeah, the new adventure begins. Who knows how it's going to yeah. go? This is what I love. For <laughs> me, like I wake up in the morning and I feel fresh as long as I've had some sleep. And for me, there's blue sky around every corner. That's my reality. So I'm really excited. <laughs> I just create this every day. Yeah. I realize, you know, we, we create it within ourselves. That's the secret. Anybody can do this. Um, it's what works for me. And, um, you know, if anybody else is you know, interested in just, you know, following how I go, I feel like I'm still in the middle of my story here. Mm. Well, how can people connect with you? And, and feel free to give a, a plug to, for Bank Vault <laughs> okay. as well. <laughs> uh, bankvault.com. Um, <clears throat> my name's uh, Graham Speak, G-R-A-E-M-E Speak. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Thank you so much, Graham. No Such an inspiration. Thanks, Christine. Lovely <laughs> talking. Such an inspiring man. <laughs> really enjoyed having Graham speak, founder of Bank Vault, on the show this week. You can find out more about Bank Vault and, and the work that uh, Graham does over there at bankvault.com or you can visit the show notes at thecmethod.com slash bankvault. I'll also link up a speech that he gave, a commencement speech that he delivered at the University of Western Australia, which was a great speech as well. You should definitely go check that out. Um, before I go, do remember to email me if you're interested in doing online podcast training, if you want to set up and broadcast your very own show, email me cc at thecmethod.com. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I hope you've enjoyed it. Keep on being awesome and I'll talk to you next week. My name's Christina Cantors and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. Thank you for listening to Stand Out, Get Noticed. To learn more and inquire about the C-Method coaching, keynote and corporate training programs, visit thecmethod.com.